Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the ANN After Show. I'm Lindsay Leverage, executive editor of Anime News Network. And with me today is James Beckett, our viewer who is a surviving preview guide currently. Barely, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to say, this preview guide felt kind of low key. Um, It's just kind of a thin season. So it is. I don't think it's that we necessarily have less shows. Also, if you hear piano, it's my children. Um, I don't think that is necessarily we have like less shows this season so much as they've been really staggered out yeah. the whole time. Um, I mean, we we launched the preview guide with uh, some of the early Netflix stuff like Bastard and Spriggan and things like that. Um, but there have only been like two days where maybe there was like five shows at once and then yeah. everything else. You know, we've had ones where there's like seven or eight. Um, I know, and sometimes there's like two or three in a row. It just feels like a gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really had that, which was kind of nice because I was at AX for all of the first week, which means I wasn't like dying underneath um, anime while also trekking uh, to Anime Expo. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit about um, some of the premieres that have come out so far, uh, what's going on with the season. This is also going to be like an Anime Expo debrief. Uh, James was not there, but he's read a lot of the articles about what was going on there. So we're going to share some of the really cool news that's come out and uh, my hot boiling opinions about the event itself and how uh, things were handled during uh, AX for its first time back in over two years. So And went um, off without a hitch, I'm assuming. Just no problems whatsoever. That is... <laughs> generally what I think people imply when they say hot takes. So Yeah, 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 just completely streamlined. Um, yeah, it sure was a show. But bef- before we get into into all my uh, convention ragging, nagging, and there are some perks in there too. Let's, let's talk about Preview Guide or the summer 2022 anime season itself. Um, yeah admittedly i have not got to watch a lot of these shows yet because i was in uh los angeles for a while although i have been reading your guys's reviews and you know i watched all the trailers for all these during our trailer watch party and i just want to hear you know we were talking before the show started that it feels a little a little thin this season as far as like must watch anime tv right like what what's the highest rate what's the show that's gotten the highest rating from you so far james do you know um, gosh, I think You've been given a five star yet. I haven't seen a lot of five stars. Coming I think I out. gave one actually, and it wasn't yeah. the one I was predicting. Um, yeah. I, I kind of went into this feeling like, Oh, uh, you know, made an abyss. That's going to be my, my runaway of the, of the season. We already sure. know it's good. Um, and it was a good premiere, had some issues, mm-hmm. but I think the only five I've given, if I remember right, is the, um, I think it was the Call of the Night premiere, actually. Yeah. That was the one really, from minute one to the end credits, I was all in. I was like, oh, yeah. this is... And I don't know if it's... in Because it, one of the things with Preview Guide is sometimes when you watch eight Isekai premieres in a row, yeah, anything is going to look like solid gold. Yeah. Um, and I try to, like, calibrate my expectations accordingly because there have been times where I've just been over the moon for a premiere, but then I look back and I realize, oh, well... 
it was maybe kind of because I had to watch like four slime isekai shows in a row that day. <laughs> so I was yeah. desperate. But um, I went back and, and rewatched a little bit of the premiere um, just to grab more screenshots and to, to show my wife some clips. And uh, no, that that is, I think, maybe the one episode so far where I've just been blown away. Just Yeah, blown. both you and Richard Eisenbeis gave that one a five star. And it's one that's high on my my list to to check out. I've read the first volume of the manga and I really liked the tone. I thought it kind of, I mean, we get a lot of anime where, oh, the main character is sort of this sad dude. It doesn't seem like he has friends or he's a social misfit in some way, but I felt like they kind of, by making him an insomniac. And mm -hmm. so he just goes wandering out at, at night just to sort of like get out of his house and get a change of scenery. I don't know. I found him relatable in a way with that, with that particular type of like, depression fueled non-sleep can be yeah. like and then him trying to um sort of alleviate it by latching on to this vampire girl who um the director of this is the same as the director for uh the case study of anitis who so if you liked mm. his um approach to like horny vampire stuff there we may be getting more of that Which in one? this one as well and <laughs> and it's the art direction looks really great too the background art is gorgeous it looks like they're doing some inventive shots you know it's not just sort of workman like phoning it you know like well it's me. very it's very much because he's also um the co-director is also the guy that did um he took over the monogatari series after oh, okay i think after baki monogatari he, he's been on a number of them um okay after the original and it definitely has kind of a shafty sort of uh, the thing that I liked so much about it was that even though so much of the premiere was just dialogue, mm -hmm. it was still very cinematic and it was okay. gorgeous to look at. Um, it wasn't just static shots of like characters talking, talking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is what a lot of a lot of the premieres this season I feel like have been that. It's just people yeah. talking about yeah. RPG menus and stat screens and yeah. just stuff that's not from a viewer perspective really fun to watch and as far as uh, made in abyss goes i just wanted to let everyone who's who's watching this stream or listening know that um that will be our show of the season so we're going to be talking about that every week for sure um we won't be talking about it so much this week we'll have two episodes going into yeah two episodes going into next week so we'll have some real like meat to chew on which sounds like it has ulterior meeting meaning <laughs> given what this show is like. So. Yeah, especially given this episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one I watched that I'd like to hear your opinion on is uh, Yure Deco, which is the science Saru show that came out. Now, I got a special screener, so I've seen the first three episodes of that. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, was actually... I like what Science Star does in general. They're one of my favorite studios. Um, they're not afraid to like take risks and and do interesting, different things. Um, and I like the kind of kinetic energy they bring to a lot of their animation. Um, this one in particular, I'm curious. I'm interested in its world building, which you know seems to be some commentary on social media in general, like doing everything for likes. Likes are basically currency. You, you know, everything's done in like a digital space and your avatar and stuff is all based on how many likes you get and um, the kind of fakeness that that can that can bring or. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see how they keep kind of blending that in with uh, the adventures of Tom and Huck, 
though. Yeah. Which is just a really weird place to pull inspiration from. Like, not that it's bad in any way. It's just not, you know, the two the the setting I've just described and Tom and Huck don't really seem like they would mesh in any yeah. kind of way. So I'm curious to see how they'll keep doing it. The character designs are really cool, though. Um, they are. They are. I because I, I also got to see the first three episodes, and I'm, I'm really glad because um, with just that first episode. I think the one, like you said, not only was it a little hard to kind of track, like that, like the allegory they're using with the Tom and Huck stuff and how yeah. it's tying into the social media, but uh, for me, the really the only thing I, I was unsure about because, like you said, the art style's great, um, the character designs are great, the the show moves at a really great pace. It's it's never boring. Yeah. Um, but in that first episode, I found it a little hard to follow like the different layers of reality that they're yeah. operating in. Yeah. It is um, a little confusing. Cause I wasn't sure. sure like what was augmented reality. What's just straight up like VR, like a digital world. Yeah. How do they connect? And that gets a lot more clear as the show goes on. And once it yeah. does, I agree with you. I think it's, it's really fascinating. I think it does have something to say, which is yeah. always good. Yeah. Um, and it just, it looks great. I I mean, I get, again, I, I, I'm an, I'm, I'm kind of an aesthetic guy. I, I really, I will give a lot of points to something if it can just look interesting. Yeah. Um, and especially when a lot of the shows that you kind of see get churned out every season stick to very similar visual templates. The fact that Science Star is getting to do their thing is all right by me. Yeah. I'm 100% yeah. in favor of that. Yeah. I'll probably keep checking uh, that one out for sure just to sort of see where it goes with its, with its allegory. Um, another one that we'll have a this week in anime column go up about it tomorrow. And I've read your guys' review for it. I just need to sit down and watch it is bastard looks like fun. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. I mean, I yeah. guess it depends on your definition of fun. Sure. Um, yeah. If you are willing to entertain the stupidest, most 12 year old boy, uh, imagine if a 12 year old boy just snorted 18 pixie sticks in a row while jamming out to Metallica and then drew yeah. everything that they saw. Yeah. That's what Bastard is. Right. I mean, it's like an <laughs> anime uh, Barbarella or, um, yeah. you know. A heavy like, metal. I mean, that, that, yeah, that heavy movie heavy metal is right? that. Yeah. 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 It's just that. So, I mean, whether you'll be able to stomach it or not, I guess, is really about whether you can put your like sense of good taste and morality on the shelf for a while and just watch something be unapologetically over the top dumb and sexual like it's i mean it's constant right i yeah. mean dark schneider's like barely clothed most oh, of the yeah. time people and, are and, sucking poison out of each other's abs yeah. framed in precarious uh shots all the time so maybe it looks like they're doing something else um yeah. one, I mean, and, one for, and for those of you that don't know dark schneider which is his real name his real god-given name dark uh, that is, i mean that is his that's his surname like i mean he's, <laughs> you got to say the whole thing dark schneider yeah it sounds like yeah. a mel brooks character yeah <laughs> uh, he is an evil murder wizard with yeah. head explodey powers uh -huh. um who is trapped inside the body of a 12 year old boy ish and the only way he can be unleashed is when his busty companion uh, makes out with him. Yeah. So it is literally the Metallica infused wet dream of an incredibly imaginative 12 year old boy. Yeah. But put on paper. So yeah. Yeah. 
and we're gonna get the second half of it in like two months i think it's supposed to september so watch the first half now because there's gonna be more about the kingdom of metallica like there's like a hyphen there just you know just to just to cover the copyright issues but yeah that one definitely looked like fun um i know absolutely nothing about ruby by the way but the new ruby show looks like it's animated really well sometimes oh is it just sometimes is it just the action animation that's really good okay yeah uh everything that isn't action is actually pretty bad but um, oh there and even some of the action honestly is not edited well but every episode has at least like one really gorgeous cut Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's going to be enough to like keep people watching i've also heard of amvs yeah, well, I've heard that. apparently the show is actually going to be anime original from here on out, which is oh, a little okay. weird. Yeah, because the first hour long bundle they dropped was just Ruby, but an anime. Yeah. yeah, and so maybe the new stuff will be better. I, don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, two two other quick shows I wanted like to catch up with you on. I want to know what you thought of when will Ayumu make his move since it's you know coming from one of your faves. Kakisan. Yeah. So I know, like, when it came to Kunoichi, that was uh, uh, not great um, compared to t- Takagi, which is, woo, like, really good. So where is Ayumu in there? It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. It, so it does the thing that a lot of comedies are doing now, where the main characters are, they're essentially dating, right? Like, they. Yeah they've basically admitted that they like each other. Like it's not even really in question. Yeah. Um, It's just one of those convoluted setups where the main guy has sworn that he won't, um, I guess he, he feels he won't have earned the right to confess to, um, Oh, what's her name? Ayumu? No, Ayumu's the guy. That's um, Ushi? Ushi? Mushi? Um, I hope it's not Mushi. That means bug. Let me, uh, let me click this here. Uh, Yaltome. It's something like that. Is, Yaltome uh, is her last name, probably. So. Uh, um, a big forehead girl. Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> all of them, though, isn't it? Yes, yes. But, um... Urushi. The, uh, Urushi. I was Urushi. Urushi, yeah. Urushi. Um, the, uh, he's sworn that he can't confess his love to her until he beats Urushi in Shogi. Okay. With the, the downside being that he sucks at Shogi. And she's uh-huh. really good. Yeah. So it's cute. I mean, there, there's a lot of kind of Kaguya-sama light stuff where they're kind of trying to, or at the very least, Urushi is sort of trying to like trick or cajole um, Ayumu into admitting that he likes her and he refuses, even though he's mm-hmm. being really obvious. Yeah. Um, it's not It's not as sweet as Takagi, I think, because they're older. And so their their behavior comes across to me as just a little more dumb and not quite as like, it's not like, oh, they're they're kids. They're they're still figuring out their feelings. It's like, no, this guy just set a really arbitrary, like, goal that he has to meet before he can just ask this girl out, even though she's offered to make out with him. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't understand why he would be, but whatever. Uh, It's fine. It's cute. Okay. If you like rom-coms, you'll probably like it. Okay, now I'm trying to remember what the second one is that I even wanted to ask you about. Um, does it have another world in the title? Oh, uh, no, like no. This is one. This is one that I I did actually watch the opening the the episode for, and um, was intrigued but also disappointed. And it's the horny show uh, Vermeil and Gold. 
Oh yeah, yeah, sec the succubus one. I feel like that actually would have been a good like dumb fan service title, but the animation's not holding up for it. Like the promo yeah. video looked halfway decent. I was like, oh, is this actually going to be like animated in a way that you know the characters are attractive and you know they're yeah. getting up to dumb sexy shenanigans all the time? But um, there was a lot of shortcuts. I just felt in the first episode. And the character designs were having a hard time, like, staying on model, yeah. which is kind of important when your main selling point is how sexy your characters look. So Yeah. Uh, I I've, I feel like I've, I, I've an, I'm on record for I, I get frustrated with shows that want to be smut, but mm -hmm. like, can't commit either for production value reasons or because they, they're going to sense everything to high hell. Yeah. Um, like Harem in the Labyrinth? Well, that yeah, has other just, issues, but also yeah. that, yeah. Although I did laugh, I, I I did laugh at all of a lot of the really stupid sex jokes when um the 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 succubus lady was just sitting on the main character's lap in class. And just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his his hot load, and like his classmates are just sitting there having to watch this. And yeah. I couldn't yeah. help but laugh at that. that there were some funny. good. There were some good like jokes in there. The appeal of this show was that like the succubus, unlike typical sort of uh, fan service shows, she like she's kind of the Onesan type, where she's just yeah. like kind of the 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 sexually experienced older woman, as a as opposed to what we usually get, which are usually a lot of like very naive, like sort of like girls. So that was that was her bit. And uh, yeah, he goes into the classroom and she's his familiar now, but they're trying to pass her off as a human because you're not supposed to like make contracts with devils. Um, and yeah. she's just sitting sitting in his lap and all the other classmates, you know, their familiars are like, I don't know, like fox spirits or like little dragons and things like that. And they all sit on their shoulders. So her argument was like, well, they all get to do it and I'm his familiar. So why don't I get to sit on his lap anyway? It was just dumb enough to work. It was just a dumb enough joke to work. And there's a couple different instances like that where she's making arguments about why she should get to do like vaguely suggestive things to him publicly because all the other familiars get to. And yeah, it's a dumb show. Um, I wish it looked better, but it was at least like kind of funny. So yeah, it was, I mean, as far as like sexiness goes, I guess, it, I mean, it's way better than that that labyrinth show yeah it's not censored to high hell yeah. so i mean instead the they can't they bleep out the word sex like uh, what, what was what was even the term was it horror it's or? no it was sex slave they're oh, like okay. well, yeah well, they're bleeping yeah. out the the fact that it's slavery and it's like what? <laughs> i mean you made the show like we all know what this is like yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Sorry, Nick showed up and he wants to let everyone know that one of her arguments should be all the other familiars get to poop on the grass. Why can't I? There's no public defecation going on, Nick. Thank you. Except for Made in the Abyss. And we can only handle one show only where one. a character has to violently defecate on screen for at least like a minute. So There's so many things I love about that show and then so many things that are just like, please don't make me explain this to you. Um, all right. That's kind of like our quick rundown. There's going to be 40 plus shows in the preview guide before we wrap it um, at the end of this week. It's pseudo wrapping at the end of this week. Um, 
So consider this like your early notice that you'll get to vote on which series we'll get into uh, our daily streaming on Friday. Well, if the shows that are premiering post Friday don't get into daily streaming, we will continue to update the preview guide with them. Otherwise they're going to go straight to daily streaming, but Yes, uh, 40-ish shows. Make sure to head over there. We've got five different reviewers reviewing all of them, so you get a, a good taster of, you know, pick the one that most aligns with what you look for when you're watching stuff, and you can see what they think. I will say, I feel like this season has more, there have been more takes I've noticed, because uh, I, I don't read anyone else's reviews until I, I finish mine. Just so I Yeah, can. yeah. Um, but I, I always like to go back and see what everyone else is saying, and I've noticed, I feel like, more this season there have been more instances where there's like a lot more range across the spectrum for some of these episodes. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a bunch where a, there's kind of a critical consensus, but it, it is always interesting when, when there are shows that kind of hit those notes for like one or two of us, but not everyone, which is why having a diverse amount of opinions is good. Yeah. For instance, um, one of the most recent shows where I saw that happen was with uh, Bakamatsu boys where yeah. I think like you really enjoyed it, but there were, I think you and one other reviewer were like, yeah, Bakamatsu Boys, and two others were like, this is dumb. <laughs> so, is dumb. <laughs> That's <but>, true. <laughs> which, you know, even a divisive opinion is sometimes enough to let me, like, or entice me to check it out to see where, where I fall with it. Because yeah, At least it's doing something. It's not just being boring. Yeah, yeah. At least it's not boring. So with that, I'm going to go into our Anime Expo uh, news roundup. It's impossible for us to talk about all of the news that came out of Anime Expo. Almost every single, you know, manga anime licensor was there and they announced new things that they're working on or bringing out. Um, especially in the manga sphere, like they'll, they'll just drop like 10 manga licenses at that event. So we won't be able to get to everything in 40 minutes, but I wanted to talk about, you know, some things we're most excited about or were some of the coolest announcements. Uh, before I get to the news, though, I guess I should talk about the event itself. So I was at Anime Expo in Los Angeles for almost a week. Um, this is a four-day con. If you've never been, it's four days. And then prior to that, it actually used to be kind of like five days. There'd be a day negative one where maybe they would only let press and business in and show us a couple things or something. And then the four-day con would start. Um, anyway. They didn't have that this year, and this was Anime Expo's first year back since the COVID uh, pandemic broke out, and that canceled the 2020 and 2021 shows. Um, it was it was a <laughs> it wasn't. I had a good time personally. Good. Got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. Um, kind of similar thoughts as what I said when I went to to Otakon last year. Um, you know, there was a lot of interesting things to do, but there structurally were some obvious problems that started um, with day with day one. And we are now sort of seeing the ramifications of after the event. So um, first off, Anime Expo is well known for... James, have you ever been to an Anime Expo? No, no. no. Uh, the, the only anime conventions I've ever been able to go to have been local ones, unfortunately. Okay. Maybe okay. someday. Okay. Well, Anime Expo, you know, has sort of this fan nickname of being Line Con because in a similar way as, you know, like game demos at PAX or um, uh, just other big fan events, 
you sometimes do spend a lot of time waiting in line, especially if you have general attendance passes. There's premier passes, which will get you like a different line access, kind of like the fast pass they have at Disneyland. <laughs> Um, without the timing aspect of it, but I mean, it just gives you, gets you access to another line. Um, if you're in a general attendance line and you want to go to a really popular panel, like say Trigger or Chainsaw Man, which both happened, um, and you don't line up soon enough, you may find yourself standing outside because they'll have the line actually go out the building and into like overhead cover outside. So it's, it's, it can be kind of a trek for folks if you're just there as a general attendee. There's also that um, just getting into the event as well, especially on day one, as always, I, not as always, in my experience, every time that I've went, there have been um, issues with getting in in a timely manner and lines going, you know, way out the door. This isn't necessarily unique to AX. We saw the same thing happen on day one of uh, Anime NYC last year where people were standing out line in line for like five hours to get in. Yeah, I mean, even I, um, I've been to in Denver. We have um, NDK. Yeah. Um, I, I don't actually know if they're still doing it, but I, I, I went a few times back in college, and even that con, which is nowhere near as big as an anime expo, the lines were ridiculous. So I can only yeah. imagine how how big. I mean, was it um, was it who posted that video on Twitter? The of the the that, that was your video. Yeah. It wasn't my video, but um. Uh, one of our reporters took it who was working with me at the convention and then we put it on social media and it ended up on the Los Angeles news. So yeah. what that, what James is alluding to that video, which has gotten like millions of views on Twitter at this point um, was that was day one. And I actually was not on site yet at that time, because if I don't have to be at a panel or something until a certain time, like I'm not, I wasn't going to be in the convention center. Um, but how Anime Expo works is that, you know, they let a certain amount of people in. In this case, what we were looking at was, I believe, South Hall. There's South Hall and there's West Hall. South Hall is uh, the entrance that leads right into the exhibition, the dealer's room, right? Where they have all these great, fantastic booths, tons and tons of booths. And a lot of people like line up early because they just want to get in there first. Personally, I don't understand that. It's not like there's some like limited edition swag bags you get for being like one of the first 100 people or you know if you run over to a certain booth you're going to get like something rare and autographed before anyone else but nonetheless people are real excited about shopping and so the dealer's room does not open until 10 a.m um but you can start getting into the con i think around nine or so uh what happened according to another one of our reporters who was standing, he was standing in line to get into, uh, get into the convention. He was in the, the press exhibitors vendors line. Um, and they, that line was stopped at for about 30 minutes to, to an hour. And he was told by their security staff who aren't anime expo, like SPJA folks, and they're not volunteers. It's a, it's a contractor. Uh, security contractor they told people in that line that um, they were not letting anyone in um, because the fire marshal had shut it down now there's been disputes from like anime expo leadership and whatnot about whether that actually happened or not but that's what we were told that's what my reporter was told by security at the time um, and then the video that you saw was a different reporter who was inside at the exact same time she had already made it in and you can see that um the South Hall looked like it was bursting with humans. 
and they didn't have anywhere to go because they were not allowed into the exhibition hall, the, uh, the dealer's room yet. So they were just all in that big uh, foyer, I guess is what you would call it. Yeah. 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 You know, and um, there's staircases. So you see the humans down there and there's uh, staircases that go up into the dealer's hall. And then you can also go out um, once you go up those stairs towards the panel rooms, but they couldn't get to the panel rooms either. So we just sort of had this mass of people who were waiting. Um, and that's, you know, what allegedly led to um, them not allowing any more people in there yet, whether it was actually because the fire marshal said something or because the staff just told them to stop or what, what I do know is that they opened the dealer's hall about 15 minutes early than what was initially um, announced to audit the the con goers, and that may have been to sp- disperse humans because they c- couldn't fit anyone else in there. So that that that's not actually unusual for an AX, even after two years. And they did sell out of badges this year. They have not released their numbers yet, which is kind of unusual um, compared to previous years. Usually, we get those numbers in those counts in um, by now. We haven't gotten them yet, but uh, past conventions have been upwards of 100,000 people. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, based, just based on the, the clips and the footage I saw, that, I mean, yeah, it has to be. I mean, it looked like a soccer game in Brazil, like, <laughs> like yeah. during like playoffs or, or like it was wild. So we have, we have a, a commenter in here who said they were kind of worried about com- uh, C19. Do you mean Comicat? That's not comic yet. Um, oh, but uh, oh, COVID nineteen. Ha! In the crowded panels and exhibitor hall, but I kept my mask on and was okay after four days. I'm glad to hear that you were, because a lot of people are not. Um, that was sort of the next point that I was going to get to is that um, just observationally, anecdotally, walking around that for four for four days, uh, mask enforcement was non-existent. Like yeah. you did have to go to a separate tent before you were allowed in and get a bracelet. And to get that bracelet, you were supposed to show a negative test or your vaccination card to prove that you were vaccinated. I have heard but cannot say in any way that this is verifiable, that maybe um, the folks who were giving those out weren't as stringent as they should have been. But again, that was mostly handled by a third party contractor when I was there. So I don't um, know if there's really any truth to those being like given out willy nilly or, or whatnot, but I have seen some anecdotal things suggesting that regardless, uh, mask enforcement was, it didn't exist. Like, yes, there was a sign when you came in and yes, they would like update their app. I never saw any of the staff, um, enforcing mask wearing and none of the panels I went in, like reminded everyone put their masks on and at, Regardless of whether they did that or not, people just weren't wearing them. Um, I would say within like, I'm someone else who was at the con with us said like one in 10 weren't, I think it might've been higher, but that's again, just based on my own observation. It was really weird um, just how uh, flippant they were about it. I approached a volunteer AX staff member on day one to ask like where a room was and his back was to me. And then we turned around, he just wasn't wearing a mask either. So I'm like, oh, okay. So like no one then. And I get it because it's hot. 
especially if you're in like a KN95, like I was, like if you're wearing a KN95, just in a huge crowd like that, like you're just sweating. It's just like, it's gross. Everyone's gross. Like there's no way to avoid all the like sweat and stuff. Um, I feel like there has to be a term for the, the specific kind of trauma that comes from, uh, you know, when you're wearing your mask on a hot day and you're just having to breathe your own breath for like six hours, like that yeah. really specific. It's like the the olfactory version of having to listen to your voice on a recording. Or is that, yeah. or is that, is that what, <laughs> that what I smell like? Yeah. So oh man. Like I put makeup on in the morning and I'm like, what am I doing? Because I'll, I took my mask, you know, would take my mask off to like drink or something. And then it's just like all in there. I'm like, what did I, why am I doing this? Who is this for? I probably, if I took this off, would have like foundation and then just like around <laughs> my nose to chin would be like a completely different color or something. Um, yeah. So that just like, that wasn't good, but to get on a larger part of that. And James, you likely uh, read this was what was going on in the artist alley. So if you're not again, familiar with AX, um, this part isn't new, but the artist alley is put in what's called Kentia hall, which is a hilarious name for a parking garage. So that's what it is. It's it's a parking garage. Um, and uh, an individual started getting attention on Twitter because they took a CO2 test yeah. into there. They were taking it all around the convention just to sort of see like what the air filtration and, and quality was like throughout the, con um, the convention just because there were so many people in there. But specifically in the artist alley it was really bad which makes sense because i don't think most people put really great air filtration inside of a parking garage because you just expect a bunch of cars to be in there you don't expect thousands upon thousands of people to be sitting for eight hours a day while they try to you know sell their prints and like unique merchandise and things like that and there were numerous reports of people getting sick just from CO2, from the, the poor air quality, but also um, from COVID. And there is- a... Wait, COVID, is that? That's not still a thing, is it? I thought that was done. <laughs> yeah, we hey guys, we're in, what's the variant called? Like something five now, BA4, yeah. BA5. They've given up on the Greek alphabet at this point, I guess. Um, and uh, highly infectious, and will make you sick. Um, please go to the CDC website to read more about it because I'm not a health professional, so I don't want to like say anything that may not be correct for this exact variant, but um, you know, should just be aware that those are still happening. And people in the artist alley reported both symptoms that are consistent with with poor CO2, you know, poor oxygen CO2, like lightheadedness, nausea. Um, stuff that would go away once they left that area and went outside or something like that, um, and COVID symptoms. And there is, I am aware of, have not viewed, but there is an internal document that, you know, artists at the Artist Alley at Anime Expo have been sharing just to update everyone about whether they tested positive or not. And according to our reporter who, who wrote about Artist Alley, uh, Bamboo Dog, she told me that there's like full rows people who were there who basically just all got it yeah. and there's a separate thread that i've read also just of like industry professionals and whatnot and youtubers and stuff who were there who all left it so um 
personally, I consider it like a knock on wood sort of situation for myself. Um, I did not get it. Um, I'm double vaccinated and boosted. So is, um, but so are a lot of people who got it. Um, who may have, you know, been followed protocol even better than I did, but, uh, yeah, just, just really disappointing, really disappointing. And we know AX tried to roll back their, even the vaccine requirement. And we're seeing so many people coming out of this sick and it probably could have been worse. So I don't know. That's my, that's my rant. Yeah. Um, and it's, please yeah, do better. I know. I, it's, I mean, that's, it's like how we feel about all society. I, I, working in a school, especially it's been hard because I can, I can empathize definitely to a degree with how hard it is to enforce mask policies. Like even in an environment in a school where we actually have, I don't know, like a decent amount of like actual authority. Right. As as sure. Like getting yeah. people to, to follow procedures. Um, I can only imagine how hard that would be with a hundred thousand strange adults <laughs> but at the same yeah. time like you said like this is one of those things where you're you're literally creating a super spreader event you you have to take i feel like you have to take some responsibility to mitigate that like you can't just say well it's out of our hand like i don't know like if you're yeah if, if you're going to be running a business and you know, a business that is uh, uh re reliant on the gathering of many hundreds of thousands of people I feel like things have to be a little better than just a bracelet and, you know, turning a, a blind eye to it. Yeah. A, a, a stern, uh, please. <laughs> I yeah. don't. And I mean, I, I understand like it is kind of hard because people get indignant about it. Like there yeah. are some artists who, who talk about in that article that, you know, they would have someone come up to their booth um, on mass and they would say like, I'm not serving you unless you put a mask on only for them to, you know, flip them off and walk away. And it's like, why are you getting mad that someone is asking you to follow the rules that you agreed to when you bought your ticket? Like this was the standard for when you showed up and you just thought like, well, no one's going to stop me. And then when someone does stop you, you get mad. Like you're, you, the terms of the agreement was that you would wear it, you know, we um, live in a society. Like we have, we to, live yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. I just watched that episode of Seinfeld last night where, uh, yeah. where George was trying to get on the payphone and yeah. he's screaming everyone. And I felt it so, so much because it's just, it's, you know, it's one thing when you're a bunch of, no offense to any, any kids that may be watching this, but dumb teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't sure. know any better. But yeah. when, I mean, when you've got just a lot of ostensibly functional adult, you know, members of society, like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta be better. Um, yeah. I'm not like I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect about wearing my mask all the time. I I, I live in an area where um, people will get indignant at you for wearing one. Like, oh wow! Like, yeah. Ask, yeah, like they'll get like mad at you. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if I'm in like a crowded place, um, if I know I'm going to be near people that um, could in any way, shape, or form be compromised, if I'm feeling even a little allergenic, just wear a mask, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if someone asks you to. Yeah, That's maybe, you know, they might be asking you to simply because, you know, they're immunocompromised or something, you know, or, or whatever, like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I keep it in my purse. You can put it on whenever. Yeah, it helped with my son's allergies a ton. And hell, we almost wipe or we almost or we did wipe out like a strain of the flu during yeah. all the COVID masking. Look what we could accomplish. Anyway. So that was that was sort of hanging over the entire event. Um, it did make me not want to 
just be in there nearly as much. And now seeing that people I know who were very diligent um, still ended up getting sick is just all the more upsetting. Um, I feel like I like dodged a bullet somehow. Um, so just something to keep in mind if you are you know, planning to attend San Diego Comic-Con that's coming up right around the corner. Um, we've got other big conventions coming up. Um, AX certainly did not set a high standard um, and it'll be interesting to see if, you know, other, other conventions take note or not, but I certainly hope, you know, the others decide to do better. So that, that being said, I do want to get into some of the really great announcements, especially one of the most unpredictable ones, which is yes. that I was at the trigger panel when this happened and people thought I was a liar. They're like, Lindsay, you are making this up. Studio Trigger is not making more panty and stocking. This is a shit post. And I was like, no, friends in Discord. I just watched the teaser for this happen. No one thought it was going to happen. And it happened. Um, All hail the queens. <laughs> I don't. I mean, so I guess the, the little bit of backstory to panty and stocking is that this is one of the series that included a lot of the OG Trigger crew, but it was before Trigger existed. So this was made at uh, Gainix. Um, a lot same as you know, like Gurren Logan. Like those are both associated with Trigger because of the creative staff behind it, but they were not Trigger didn't exist yet. And so for those of you that are younger than like 25, uh Gynax was uh, before they were a um a broom closet with a bank account, they were actually an animation <laughs> studio. Right. And they made anime, uh really good ones actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh man, they did. And now they're just like up to their arse in legal trouble. Hideaki Anno sued him. You know, it's just, there's a bunch of, like, subsidiaries. But anyway, somehow Trigger got the IP back for Panty and Stocking. I assume it's because they offered them money. Um, and they needed it, so they let them have it. But I couldn't tell you actually, you know, how this all panned out. So we're going to get more of this um, in some form. We don't know exactly whether it's going to be a movie or, like, three 45-minute episodes or a full TV series or what. But this is happening. We're getting more panty and stocking. Um, and I hope it contains all the same stupid energy as the original, as it should. I mean, just getting another panty and stocking soundtrack is worth celebrating. The fact that we're going to get more of that incredible music. Right, um, right. Yeah. Um, they had Teddy Lloyd on that before I was ever familiar with Teddy Lloyd. Now you can't go to a convention without Teddy Lloyd being there. He's DJing all over the place. So, yeah, it really, like, launched um some some popular artists as well before you know know them before they were big sort of situation that wasn't the only um thing that trigger announced though uh they also showed the first episode of cyberpunk edge runners so i got to watch that it was the dub but i got to watch it um i say but because i prefer subtitles in general and whenever they do dub screenings it means that i'm never 100 sure if i heard everything correctly like please put closed caption subtitles if you're going to show the dub please some of us just like it's better for us processing um but i got to watch that um shared some of my thoughts on twitter james which i know you chimed in on but the main takeaway was that the emotional moments were not great but the action scenes were really good and it's stylish it's 100 you know trigger stylish it does lack uh their general comedy that they tend to put in their shows so it's like 100 serious and depressing um from start to finish definitely 
has some big things to say about capitalism and healthcare and how you know very on brand for cyberpunk yeah very on brand for cyberpunk but um yeah i just can't wait for it to drop on netflix it's gonna be fun at the very least even if like the emotional writing and stuff is kind of ham-fisted i think uh it looks good and i want to share the opening with everybody which is a banger yes i've watched (laughs) this so many times so many times um let me let me actually put a link to it in the chat if you want to queue it up because it won't have sound on here and you really need that Franz Ferdinand opening to enjoy it. But this is the opening sequence for Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I'm gonna turn the sound on for me though because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've uh, I've actually been putting a bit more time into Cyberpunk and. Yeah, um, some of the story beats are fine. Um, It's very inconsistent, but it is just so fun to live in that world just on an aesthetic level, just like looking at all the stuff. And this this OP is kind of a perfect encapsulation of that, where it's just like, it's just nice. They do some neat stuff with the opening, too. I I haven't played the game at all, but some of the stuff they do with the opening is like, or not the opening, the first episode like there's a part where the main character gets in a fight with one of his classmates and everyone's, you know, got like cybernetic implants to make their, their abilities better. And he goes like full Bruce Lee on him. Like the main character gets the crap beat out of him by this pretty boy he goes to school <laughs> with. Cause he just breaks into like full Bruce Lee, like posing and yelling and just like all the action looks really good. The color design is pretty, pretty consistent. And one of the things they talked about uh, during the panel, too, was that Trigger got to play an early build for the game because the game got delayed so many times. And the project started around the same time. So they brought him this secret build to a hotel room. And uh, Imaishi played through the whole game with a hammer as his primary weapon. If you did the last boss and everything with a hammer. Yep. Which also seems really on, on brand for... The melee in that game is satisfying. My main character has swords that come out of her arms. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Although I've installed a mod that somehow makes all of my attacks non-lethal. So if I can time it right, and I don't just go completely buck wild with the slashes, um, I can dice people up, but they're still alive. And so (laughs) I get to to keep the moral high ground. Nice. Sometimes I, I hit the trigger one too many times and their heads fly off, but I try not to do that. Yeah, they do some of that in those first episodes that I hope people will like, like the first guy they introduced, it seems like he's got blades in his kneecaps and his elbows and stuff. And so he's like kneecap and elbow swinging choppy, choppy people up and everything. It, it all looks very cool. Hyper violent, fun. Perfect so. material for trigger. I mean, perfect. Yes. Yeah. 100% video for, to, to get for this project. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The other uh, really big panel at AX that I got to go to was Chainsaw Man, which um, spurred me to read all of Chainsaw Man over the weekend. So I've now read all the Chainsaw Man manga that's out just in time for part two to start. And Doesn't that start like next week or something? Isn't yes. Really yeah, so I'm going to be reading it chapter to chapter with the rest of you fools. Um, I think there was intention to maybe show something at that panel that didn't end up being ready by the time the panel came, because um, as far as it was fun, as far as like getting like the hype for the show going and everything. And we've got an interview up also that went up today with um, the CEO of MAPA, Manabu Otsuka, 
the writer Hiroshi Seko and uh, the executive director Makoto Kimura. And they answer some some interesting questions, but they're still very, you know, tight-lipped about the entire project. And but the panel itself was great. They they reenacted the like cheering for Chainsaw Man on TV that you know people got really into. They did a little Q and A and they showed that promo again, which is still really good. But otherwise, unfortunately, there wasn't like any really new news that came out. Yeah. It's supposed to be this year. It's supposed to. Oh, Nick says that the Chainsaw Man manga starts tomorrow. I was thinking it was a Monday because Shonen Jump, but it is Jump Plus, which means. Is it still going to be on the app? Do we know? Or are we going to have to read it on the website? I th- okay. I'm not. I think it'll. That's a good question. Because I know Don Don, I have to read on the website. It can't, you can't read it on the app, but I don't know oh, if that's really? like a content thing or what. Yeah. I, I would double check if it's on the Manga Plus because they have an app as well. Um, right? There's the Manga Plus app and the yeah. Shonen Jump app. So yes. um, it could be on either one of those. Otherwise, maybe the website. Um, Nick just said yes, but I'm not sure what he's <laughs> saying yes to. So um, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, what was I going to say about Chainsaw Man? Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really hyped now for the anime. Uh, the designs in that manga are just insane, crazy. The devils are amazing. Um, whole thing is just like a plus it's going to be on the sj and manga plus apps okay thank you nick oh, yes sweet. you should be able to read it on your mobile devices starting tomorrow slash today if you're listening because this went up on a tuesday if you're if you're just listening to the podcast version go go read chainsaw Man. um real quick james who's your favorite character oh, power power okay yes um power is probably my favorite character as well as far as like the main folks go she's just like I love that she is both. She's just lays claim to things if she likes them, and then absconds any kind of responsibility for any of her mistakes at all times. She's like a cat. Yes, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. People have pointed out to me that Power's a cat and Denji's a dog, and it, you yeah. know, one hundred percent makes sense. I yeah, don't know if you ever watched the show, um, regular show, the cartoon. I did not. I recognize the characters from it, but I've never watched it. In the in the very first episode of that show. Um, there's a joke where they find a magic keyboard and they're trying to figure out what to name it. And uh, Mordecai, the, the bird, says, uh, I've always wanted to date a girl named The Power. And I was just, when I first read Chainsaw Man, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. I'm living the dream. It's it's a it's a girl named The Power. I like that I can be in on all the jokes now. Uh, Quanti Five Stroke Kabeni's car is best girl. Yes, that is one of the best bits um in the manga in my opinion was when we are introduced to kobeni's car which looked like a volkswagen if, but it might not be i'm just like recalling from memory it kind of reminded me of a, a turig or something and uh everyone's very impressed by her car and empower is immediately also impressed by her car and decides that it's her car now and then something really hilariously dark and funny happens and i don't want to spoil it for people but yeah kobeni's car is his best his best girl um yeah i just really enjoyed that and ready for the second part to start unfortunately there wasn't a ton to talk about regarding chainsaw man at anime expo itself but uh you know just fingers crossed still supposed to come out this year again that's the only season left now is october unless it does something weird and comes out in november or december but pulls an attack on titan yeah yeah, yeah pulls an attack on Titan, december which is also good 
which is also coming back. Oh my god, I feel is like that, is that this year or is it? I can't remember when they announced. Oh, I'm it. gonna find out now. Oh my god, if we have Chainsaw Man, Attack on Titan, and Mob Psycho 103 in the same season, yeah, I don't know how we're gonna survive that. I don't know either. It's gonna be too uh, much good anime. I'll be begging for an isekai. Oh man, let's see. Yeah, the final season part three, hilarious. No, it's 2023, but it could be as soon as January. So, okay, I mean, yeah. there could be some overlap there. We'll see. Um, speaking of Mob Psycho, there was also a Mob Psycho panel, which was also fairly tight-lipped. Uh, the little bit of drama that comes out of that is that they showed the new opening sequence for for Mob Psycho at that panel. And it was leaked by someone who sucks, who was sitting in the panel and decided to film it, even though you're not supposed to. And they put it on YouTube for clout. And then, you know, the staff found out about it and they released a tweet saying that they were very sad. And the idea that you made the staff of Mob Psycho sad, like, breaks my heart. That's wrong. How, How could you? Sleep How? Sleep How? How? Broke little, little Mabu's heart. I'm not even going to look it up. As much as I desperately want to know how awesome the new OP is going to be, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because out of respect. You can yeah. just see it when it comes out, when it's supposed to, instead of watching some dumb phone cam rip. Yeah. All, like, angled incorrectly when the sound quality sounds like shit and it's on a projector or something. Why? Look, d did I watch the original release of Evangelion 2.0 on a completely skewed cam rip with crappy fan subtitles back in like 2012 2013 yes but i was a child then <laughs> i have grown and so should you random yeah. cam ripper yes please this is how we lose access to things they're gonna think the americans suck too much and they're not gonna show us any exclusives anymore and we'll just have to go back to waiting you know in fairness i do think a good procedure moving forward is if you are going to like premiere an OP or some small clip or a teaser or a trailer or something, you know, show it at the panel and then work out in advance with, you know, the, you know, before you come to the event or whatever, cause you work at the anime studio in this case, um, it going live on YouTube or something like 30 minutes to an hour later. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, most of the, disappointment is that they want to put this up eventually and they're losing views to a rip and they're not getting to you know like be the first to share it so that's an idea but also you know follow the rules and don't record stuff you're not supposed to they are going to show i believe the first two if not the first then the first two episodes of the new season of mob psycho at crunchyroll expo uh first weekend of august so my butt will be in that seat 100 percent um can also confirm that i'm going to be on a pan people invite me on to panels now i'm going to be on a panel at crunchyroll expo called Can anime insiders which yeah. makes me sound really important um well again anime news network controls the anime industry as we've <laughs> as we've established right right we decide what gets made uh, we decide who gets paid um and we get all that money from funimation <laughs> which is <laughs> Obviously. It's going to be taken out of context later and I'm going to have to deal with somebody on social media who took this 100% seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Mob Psycho, real excited for that. It's coming in October. Um, I kind of feel like I need to do a complete rewatch. Like just marathon it because there's been enough of a break. Or James, can you like write me a, 
everything you need to know about Mob Psycho before you watch season three, so I can just, you know, get caught up. Oh, God, I probably could. I would have to do a rewatch. Uh, I watched that season like twice in a row when yeah. I got the, the Blu ray to review because I was like, oh, this is one of the best seasons of anime ever made. That's yeah. weird. That's no weird. Let's that. do it again. Like, yeah. season one was great, but this is literally, like, I think perfect. Um, yeah. But it's been like, it's been a couple years. So yeah, I think yeah it has. That, that yeah. Yeah. Back oh, no. I got to watch Mob Psycho 2 again. Oh, man. Oh, my my job so sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, to round out uh, our recap of Anime Expo, I did want to talk a little bit about video games, and that's that Axis Games announced um, a bunch of new titles that are coming out to different consoles. Uh, one is, you know, it's cute. Let me let me pull this over here, and I can just show you guys what I'm looking at. Do, 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 do. So this is what this is this is their lineup that they announced. Uh, one is Pups and Purrs Pet Shop, which you know looks cute. There's a trailer if you want to watch it. Um, this is an Otomate visual novel that looks dark and gritty. I'm sure it's got you know like hot sad boys in it or something. Don't kill me if I'm wrong. Uh, Shuin no Virchi, Virchi, Virch, Virch. I don't I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, English title pending, so maybe that'll be clear later. Um, inescapable, which kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Danganronpa, you know, it's, it's like got a, Dango vibes. Yeah. yeah, it's got Dango vibes. You know, it's about dude on Twisted Reality TV show with 10 other people. There's a, there's a prize at the end, you know, I'm sure everyone's dark, horrible secrets will come out. No, what I'm excited for though, the whole reason I brought this up, can't watch the video unless you go over to YouTube. It's age restricted is a uh, spirit hunter death mark two. I have played both of these games. Are they good? I've been, I've been, I see them all the time on PlayStation sales, and I have never pulled the trigger. But I'll pull the trigger. They're so much fun. Like the monster design is really good. Um, they're genuinely spooky. There's um, more than one like ending, I think. So it's got some replay value. Um, I I enjoyed both of them. The first one is a little more horny than the second one. Um, I should. I guess what I should say is. This is, is, Death it, Mark. is that like a pro or a con? <laughs> in the context, it's a pet because it's like grow sexy, so that can be a little off-putting for some people. So there's Deathmark, and then there's like Deathmark NG, and which is not technically two because the one that's about to come out is Deathmark two, and there's not as much like crossover characters between those two. Deathmark two that's about to come out is going to have characters that appeared in the original Deathmark um, again, but yeah, the first one's got some got some sort of like. It's got some Miro Guru art, nothing like disgusting, but stuff that might be considered like not great taste for some people. Sure. That's pretty much non-existent in the second one. They seem to have really gotten rid of that. Like, you know, there's no corpses with panty shots and things, um, which you could get in the first one. So I don't know. Maybe if you like, if that sounds like something you're not really into, just play uh, Deathmark NG instead because it doesn't have any of that content and there's no real crossover between the stories, so you won't be lost if you start with that one. Um, but yeah, it's 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 there's like there's a slight battle element to it against the monsters where you have to like use the correct items to. Um, exercise them there's more than one way to kill them and that can affect your ending sort of thing but and you're are they are they very linked because some 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 visual novels can they can uh because i beat um 
the house in Feta Morgana, which is I still need to play amazing that. game. Yeah. But it was also like a solid 30, 40 hours, I think, if I remember right. Are these I like think, probably about? Yeah, you're going to get at least 20 hours out of them because yeah. they have multiple cases, you know, multiple monster cases. And each one is going to take a certain amount of time. So, and I feel like there's at least five-ish um, in in each of the previous installments. So, yeah, you'll definitely get your money's worth, like, time-wise. Because cool. some of these, I know some of the visual, I play a lot of them. Of this type, you know, maybe it's like six to eight hours or something. I'm also currently playing, I don't know if anyone else is, um, Nirvana Initiative, the sequel to God of God. Oh, right, right, right. Um, that's from the, um, the 999 guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm having a lot, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. All the pieces have, I have not finished it. So all the pieces of the mystery have not yet come together um it's still got the same kind of weird humor so like you kind of bounced off the humor of the first one that's still definitely there in the second one so tonally it can be kind of weird i prefer my tone for that kind of stuff to be a little more dark and this sure. so this one's a little more cart you know their tone's a little more cartoony and less i was say the, Z- the zero escape games got a little cartoony but they were fairly straightforward for the most part would, would you say it's more goofy than that yeah, yeah, definitely more goofy than than the Zero Escape games. I've played those too. I really like the Zero Escape games because they make my mind explode when I think about them too long. Oh, yeah. The sci-fi stuff in those is just like, like you get it, but then when you get it, you're like that GIF where it's just, like, yeah, you know, you get it just enough to go, oh, okay, and then the game's like, good, we're going. <laughs> We're moving on to the next twist. Like, it's right. like the it's. I feel like those handled time travel better than almost any other game I've played because time travel can be so tricky to pull off, and like yeah. they really did it. They really did it. I'm like, At oh my the, god, the, the first two. If I, I remember the third game getting a little weird in the end with like how it was trying to wrap everything up, but I know yeah. those, those first two really were pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. See, my head's just in again. Okay, uh, I guess Ice nine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Schrodinger's the last... cat. Yes, they bring up Schrodinger's cat in there for the first. I was like, if you haven't observed, ah, if you haven't observed it, then you can't prove whether it is or is not. The cat is both alive and dead in that box, James. Until we open the box, if you never open the box, it's in a constant state of almostness. Well, the best part about those games is they'll give that explanation, but they'll be like freezing to death in a meat locker. Yes. <laughs> and so it'll be like, hey, have you ever heard of this really uh, obscure um, scientific principle that was developed by like a physicist as a thought experiment? And your main character's like, I can feel my blood freezing. And it's like, well, <laughs> so it's really funny. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because also, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, love those games. All right. I guess the couple last things to clear out is that Kaguya-sama is getting a movie. And that movie will be on TV after theaters, which gives me higher hopes that we may get a quicker turnaround on streaming the movie if it goes to television not long after. Um, Have not read the Kaguya-sama manga, so I don't know much about the the first Kiss Never Ends arc, which is what the movie is supposed to adapt. James, I don't, I can never remember how far you got in the manga if you did at all, but not very far. I was reading about the manga because I was trying to figure out. And I'm still not sure. I was just wondering whether or not, because I know the manga goes on for a decent amount of time after where this current season ends. And I was wondering if the movie would even be able to like wrap up the whole story. Oh, yeah. Like it is, so. 
Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think we'll still be getting Kaguya <clears throat> for a while, which is great because it's a, it's a great show. Um, Nick is letting us know that we haven't talked about Macross yet. You're right, Nick. I'm sorry. We got Macross announcements out of AX. As it's a Robotech to- thing, right? Nick is going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we've gotten the uh, two movies so far. The Macross Frontier movies came out, and we've gotten like limited showings of uh, like an idol event and, and things like that. But we did. So In all seriousness, I want to see those movies so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to find the announcement really quick because I'm pretty sure we we're getting nick what are we getting you're in here nick what's what's the macross stuff that we're getting let me turn things over to my macross reporter all the way across the country nicholas dupree to fill us in on the macross news nick this is when he gets he got up to get a drink <laughs> yeah I bet. or maybe i, bet. I chased him away with my robot tech show. <laughs> I, like, I, I gotta go for a walk <laughs> uh we just head over to the to the news because it's more than the two movies, right? Because we're getting the the two movies that they just released after a billion years. Yeah, I made the mistake <clears throat> of like closing the Anime Expo Roundup article, which will have it in there. Oh, also, okay, we are getting Nicholas says we're getting Macross Two Lovers Again, Macross Plus, Macross Seven, Macross Frontier TV, and Macross Delta TV. That's a lot of Macross. Also, the assassins are on their way, James. So that's uh, we are getting all of the Macross. <laughs> we are getting all of the Macross. Um, some of this was announced at Anime Expo, but some of it was actually announced elsewhere as well. They were kind of spread out their releases. The ones that were announced specifically at no, okay, I was wrong. The ones that were announced specifically at Anime Expo is Macross Frontier and Macross Delta, which we will get on home video. Outside of Japan, what they spread out is they're spreading out across, 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 multiple licensors. So it's not like all one licensor is doing the home video release, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's Nozomi Entertainment, who you might know as um, like the licensing arm of Bright Stuff, actually. Uh, They will release Macross Frontier and Macross Delta. Anime Limited, which is UK based. is releasing Macross Plus and Anime Ego, who you might know for doing those Kickstarters for like um, Gunsmith Cats and things like that, are doing the Super Dimension Fortress Macross Two Lovers again. So that's three different licensors. So they, like I said, they're kind of spreading them out. And I think the main reason this is a hypothesis that they're doing this is so that we can get all the releases sooner. Because if you gave them all to one licensor, you know, they only have so much staff. They've got to work on each release. So instead, uh, license all of them out to different licensors so they can all work at the, work on them simultaneously, ideally. I mean, I don't know what the individual companies, you know, I wonder how much sl- of it slate have... looks like, but yes. This is, this is pure speculation, but I also wonder how much of it might have to do with the music. Because I know that the... Um, at least for, for some of the properties, the music is like a really big, you know, component of the of the material and I know that they're getting the rights for those like songs and stuff because I'm sure they all have their own like soundtrack deals and all that stuff. So I wonder mm-hmm. if, if even that was a part of it. Like like um it would be too much for one company to pay for all of that. So it's yeah. possibly I I know that that's long been held a a thought that that the music rights was 
a limitation on it. I don't know how much um, truth there is to that necessarily compared to say just um, the fact that Harmony Gold just had an iron grip on a lot of it. And, and then, you know, the contracts went to court and then the court ruled in favor of Harmony Gold over Tatsunoko and all these other sorts of crazy things that kind of held things up. Macross. Am I, am I saying lacrosse? I'm sorry. Everyone, I'm so sorry. Nick has informed me that it's Macross, not Macross. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Macross now, just out of defiance. <laughs> oh, wait. What, maybe it wasn't me. It was asked in the chat. I don't know what I've been saying up to this point. And if, I've been, saying, if I've been saying Macross instead of Macross, I'm kind of sorry, but only a little bit. All right. So yes, that is um, the general roundup of some of the biggest news that came out of Anime Expo. You can find more of it in the Anime Expo 2022 roundup article that we have on Anime News Network. Um, that has all of the headlines for everything across all four days. So you can just quickly find it. Um, that way, you know, as stuff gets pushed down because new news keeps happening, um, it's in, in one place. So with that said, uh, that is our first edition of new season of the podcast. Jackie will be back with us next week, and we'll be discussing Made in Abyss, the city of the scorching sun. Did I get that right? Yes. Awesome. Wait, scorching dawn? No, scorching sun. There's so much dawn and sun. Sun I get the, and yeah. celestial imagery. Yeah. I think so scorching we'll sun is right. That sounds right. But we'll be covering that for the remainder of the season. So you can all watch that in horror along with us. And with that said, we'll see you next Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Bye, everybody. Doodles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.